thank you everyone um, for joining the session. Um, for I would say most of you probably know who I am if you're joining this session. Um, I'm Jessica. Um, I run the website, The Pioneers, um, and recently quit my job to take my entrepreneurship, so writing and coaching, um, full-time. So that's super exciting. This is technically my, my first actual week of being an entrepreneur. Um, so it's really Cash. cool. Here's to you. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to quickly introduce just like, what is SloFi? What are we doing this evening? Um, and then I'll introduce Angela to you and then we're going to jump right in. Um, so for those of you who might not know what SloFi is, um, let me describe that. So SloFi is an approach to financial independence that focuses on the journey, right? So we focus on using financial freedom, that we gain along the way to fight to design lives that we love before retiring early. So we believe we don't need to wait to retire early to figure out and figure out how to live the life that we want to. We believe we can we can do that along the way. And there's many forms of that, right? Like that that's unique to every person. It's you figuring out and writing your own script um, for what you want um, your life to look like and what's really going to be meaningful and fulfilling for you. Um, and so the, the purpose of these slow fi chats, I think it's going to evolve over time. Um, and this is our first one, but Initially, the thoughts are to explore different topics and ideas related to SloFi, um, to introduce you to new people in the community who are doing interesting things and, um, you know, and share examples of different kinds of lifestyle designs. Um, and then as a note, this is not meant to be an interview style conversation. We want this to be a two-way conversation where we're going to hopefully go deep into things that we're thinking, things that we're learning, um, and, and such. Um, and then today we're going to be focused on some of the biggest changes that have happened in each of our lives recently. Um, so for me, that's taking the leap to entrepreneurship for Angela. It's a decision to reduce her hours and for her husband also to reduce his hours. Um, and so we're going to explore those decisions. What's been great about them? What's been hard about them? Um, and, um, well, and you'll have an opportunity to participate um, in the discussion as well. Um, and so we're we're going to try um, to not like respond directly to questions as we're going. Um, we actually have someone on here. So Mel um, from Modest Millionaires, who's actually going to be compiling questions for us um, throughout the session. If you do have a question that you would like to ask or something you would like us to go deeper on, um, please use the Q&A function. Um, for that and send your questions to all panelists and all attendees. So that's um, a different box than the chat box. Yes, there's a little different link that says Q&A. So there's the mm -hmm. chat box where everybody's been saying hello and introducing themselves. And then there's a Q&A box to add Q&A. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yes. just to make that clear. Exactly. Thank you. Um, and so, and we're going to, we're actually going to be trying to not 
monitor the chat as we go um, so that the conversation can flow. Um, but Mel is going to be, you know, feeding us questions through it, throughout for us to include. Um, so if you do have questions, definitely feel free to drop them in the Q&A, um, just in case there's a lot going on in the chat. Um, we don't want Mel to have to sort of sift through um, all of that. So thanks, Mel, for doing that for us. Um, and so without further ado, I want to introduce you all to Angela. And Angela, you can tell everyone a little bit about you before we jump in, but I'm going to give you an introduction first. So, so if you don't know Angela, Angela is amazing. So Angela is the blogger behind the Tread Lightly Retire Early blog and the Women's Personal Finance Community um, on Facebook. That is what, 20,000 members strong at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I think 21,000. Uh, Cassandra yeah. just cheered about awesome. that. So I know it's um, 21. <laughs> and, and growing. Um, and for those of you who who don't know, I'm not just saying that Angela's awesome because she's my friend. Like Angela's objectively awesome. Last year she won Best Fire Blog. And this year she won an award for being the like community builder of 2020. Um, so she does fantastic work in the space. And if you don't know yet, the I, I'm seeing a lot of people saying in the chat that you're awesome. So I wanted to acknowledge that even though we said we won't do this. Um, and so, so yeah, Angela's awesome. Follow her work. She's incredible. And then one last thing that I wanted to say is that Angela has been incredibly inspirational for me as a person. Um, when I, in 2018, was going through my period with sort of my mental health crisis and I was figuring out what I wanted to do um, next, Angela was really influential for me um, because I saw someone who was like such a powerhouse and like had such an awesome life and like seemed to be such an amazing person working part-time. And I was like, I can do that. Um, and so Angela really inspired me to see that as success. So thank you for that. Do you have anything else you want to add? Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I can't believe that it's been like that long since we had those early conversations. Um, it never even really dawned on me that, you know, working less than full time and being loud about it was something inspirational, but, um, the longer I've been, you know, part-time or less than full-time, the more I talk about it with people and the more I'm open about it, the more I realize there are more of us doing this sort of thing than I ever realized. Um, before I had my son, I was, you know, full-time plus hours, like constantly at work. I, I love my job. I loved my job then. I still love it, but I love it more working less than full-time. And um, yeah, the more I talk about it, the more I realize like, oh yeah, I leave early on Wednesdays to go do X, Y, and Z, or, oh yeah, I don't work Fridays, or, you know, I come in at noon on Mondays. There are a lot of people who have less than the traditional nine to five, 40 plus hour a week schedule. It's just not that common and not that discussed for whatever reason. So I think we have this perception that either you're working like a really part-time job or you're working full-time and that there's nothing in between. Um, but I'm finding that there's, there are a lot more of us in that in-between space. Um, 
And it did. Oh, go ahead. I feel like there's a stigma to it. Like people don't tend to not want to talk about it because they don't want to draw attention to themselves that they're like working less, Um, which, you know, I'm loud and proud about it as you are. Um, And and so it does seem like people sort of come out of the woodwork at that point. Um, But yeah, it seems like people feel like they can't talk about it or they shouldn't talk about it. Oh yeah. I was, yeah. you know, I was one of those working 45, 50 hour plus weeks all the time. Like before I had my son, there was a period of time where I was working two pretty much full-time jobs back to back when I started my like now career job, when I was still doing my park ranger thing. And I was super loud about like all the hours I was working and all the hustle I was doing. And, you know, there's a badge of honor in being like, well, I stayed at work longer than you did. And I put in more hours than you did. And, um, having my son and realizing that, that I, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and realizing how much better my life is for just carving out like a couple extra hours a day. Um, it like, I used to be so pre COVID I was, you know, five days a week. I just, shorten my hours. So I I went in later and left earlier. So it's been a little bit of a transition to work past two or three o'clock in the day because I had like four plus years of, you know, working till three was a late day for me. Um, But with COVID and with like childcare juggling, I now have Thursdays off entirely to to do the homeschool thing. but that means that I work till like four or five most days. And it, it feels so late to work then now when, because I, I didn't used to. So it's, it's been an, an adjustment, but I am loving the Thursdays off um, in a bigger way than I thought, you know, I, I really liked my like afternoons free every day of the week. But there's something, but that felt like I just had like bonus time every day to get everything done that I was trying to do. So, you know, we would go for a run or a hike or something and we'd do some play stuff, but it was a largely, you know, taken up by a workout, which that was for me, but otherwise it was taken up by laundry and dishes and, you know, doing my dentist appointment and that kind of thing. And so it kind of felt like when I was working five days a week, but shorter, those that like gap time was used for catch up with working four days a week and having Thursday off completely, especially Thursday, because it's not the end of the week. It's like kind of in the middle. Um, it, it feels like a, a free weekend day, like weekends, you feel like you got stuff you got to get done. Thursdays just kind of feel like as long as I get like the kiddos, homeschool done, like the day is to do whatever I want. So if I don't want to do very much, like it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's Thursday. It's, it's my throwaway giveaway day. Um, but if I want to do something and focus my time on it, I also have the time. So I, I'm really liking this new schedule. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> I see you have a tap Sorry. on your shoulder. Yeah, I, I turned myself off for a second. Uh the five-year-old wanted he he wrote he wrote me a note saying, Can I watch the Pokemon show? So we are uh getting um to the point where he's learning how to write notes. So kindergarten is going well, but um it's it's like all focused on Pokemon. But yeah, as far as Thursdays in particular, um, my husband has Fridays off now. 
um, because he works like in the field with construction. And so for him, Fridays made more sense. Whereas for me, I have a little bit more flexibility. What, what day I take off since I'm almost entirely, you know, remote hours at this point. Um, and so at first I kind of felt gypped that I didn't get Friday off and he did because he gets, you know, a long weekend every weekend. But now that I'm in this a number of months, I way prefer Thursdays off mm. because of that. Cause if it's Friday, then it feels like it's gotta be part of the weekend Thursday. It's like the standalone day to that's just mine, just mine and the kids. Interesting. When, so for me, when I was working part-time for the first year or so I worked Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And so then I had Thursday through Sunday off, which was like four day weekend, every weekend. Um, and then for the last like six months or so, I switched to working Tuesdays through Thursdays and then having Friday and Monday off. And I loved that. Like, there's just something about how about on Sunday night, like realizing you don't have to go to work the next day. Like, I don't know if the, if like the novelty would have worn off had I done that schedule for longer. Um, I mean, I'm but, in that yeah. five months now and mm-hmm. I have to say the novelty has not, worn <laughs> off. And not like, not at all. It has not worn off. Yeah. Like again today, um, the kiddo and I met up with a friend for a walk outside, you know, masked distance, but the weather is like gorgeous and sunny right now. And so, you know, mm-hmm. her schedule is that she gets Thursdays off all the time, but just like the realization of like coming back home at like two o'clock on a Thursday and just like, I, you know, we just did what we wanted with the rest of the day. It just, it feels like playing hooky in a way that mm-hmm. even Friday doesn't for whatever reason, because mm-hmm. lots of people take Fridays off for some amount of time, but right. man, Thursday, it's like a, it's a perma hooky. Mm-hmm. For me, I think that's how I felt on Mondays because like I always release a blog post every Monday morning. So like sometimes I'm writing over the weekend and so on Monday, it would be like blog post has been released and I can just like do whatever I want on Monday. Like it definitely felt like it was like a do whatever you want kind of day. So, yeah. So, Angela, I'm curious and I'm not sure we've ever talked about this. How how did you like talk to your um, your boss and your company about getting part time work one in the first place, but two then like switching that to being the full day a week. And how did that process go? So um, the shorter days, so my son was born in February and uh, for the first five months of his life, I did kind of a modified um, maternity leave. So I took the first bit off completely and then I slowly ramped my hours up. I did like eight to 12 hours a week to like 20 hours a week, et cetera, et cetera. And got up to 40 by the time he was five months old. And, um, basically I (laughs) tried to keep that up until he was about a year old and I was just hardcore struggling. Um, you know, I was getting my work done, but it was a lot of like working while he was napping after bedtime, we were, I was doing part from home and part, um, with family watching him. So I had like no time at all to myself. It was basically like constant perma treadmill between work 
and home and kid and work and home and kid. And I think it was clear that I was um, stretched thin. I was getting my work done, but um, I think he was paying attention to the fact that I, I was not happy and stressed. Um, and so we had a conversation. Um, we, we do an annual review every winter. Um, and I don't, I don't even know that it was either of our, like, I don't know if it was like the intention initially, um, when we started talking, but I realized that like, I needed to do something different. Um, and so we basically wrote out a list of all of my job duties and said, okay, like how, how can we give away some of this so you can, can shrink your hours? Um, so it was, it was kind of a, a, two-part decision between both of us. Like, I think we were both kind of on the something needs to change. Um, so I'm really lucky on that, on that front. Um, but I've definitely heard of other people that have been able to reduce their hours, including you. So, um, and somebody I work with who has been with the company for like 13 years now has had a part-time schedule, um, here pretty much the entire time she's been with the company. So it's not like I was going to be the only person um, going to less than full-time. And I think it's probably harder if you're the only one, if every single person works 40. Um, so, I mean, somebody has got to be the first one, but um, she had always worked for herself. She's, she's in the like accounting bookkeeping side of things. And so she really was hard about setting her hours. And so I think it helped have a, a very small culture of like, this is possible, this is doable. And she's like a fabulous employee. So I think it helped him to see that it's doable. Um, and then we, yeah, basically went through my, um, all of my job duties and said, okay, these are the things that I need to give, get rid of to, to make this work. Um, and so we were able to figure out who else could do some of my work to, uh, you know, let me reduce my hours. But I found that the longer I've been part part time, and that's eighty percent time. So it's thirty two hours a week instead of forty. It's not like I'm working twenty instead of forty. So there's there's a smaller um, gap between the two. But I find that I'm just as productive in those thirty two ish hours than if I was full time because honestly, eight plus hours a day, five days a week is a lot, and there's a lot of like goof off time built into like the standard, like corporate situation. Um, and so when you have fewer hours to work, like you still have your stuff you need to get done. And so I find that, um, there's only so many hours you can focus. And, uh, so I, I find that I think it's been a, a real win-win for both me and for the company, because, uh, you know, I may have originally given stuff away, but as time's gone on, I've just gotten, you know, more efficient at some stuff. And so, um, I know for a fact, you know, five years later, I'm doing more at 32 hours a week than I was at 45 hours a week when I started. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously it's also a win for the company because they're paying me, uh, less as well, mm -hmm. but I have kept above the 30 hour a week line because it does mean that I can still keep my benefits. Mm -hmm. And I needed, I need to work about that much to be able to do my job. Like 
there would have been an option for me to like, if I wanted to go to 20 hours a week, I probably would have had to transition into like an admin type role, um, in order to do that. Um, but to, to keep doing my like core job stuff, I, I need to be there for a larger amount of time, but it doesn't need to be anywhere near 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've had a similar experience to that too, in that, like, I feel like 40 hours is just a lot to work for, for, especially for people who are knowledge workers and are using their brain all day. Like no one can actually use their brain for that many hours a day, or like that few people can Mm -hmm. at like full capacity. Um, Right. And, and actually my former boss, she would always say like, you are getting way more done in 24 hours a week than like any HR manager that I've worked with that works full time. Right. And partially that's because I've been in the field for a number of years. Right. And so I know how to do the things. Right. So I'm not like learning everything as I go. But part of it is just that I'm not burned out and I'm not wasting time. Yeah. Um, when you're totally drained and you come into work Monday morning because you've had the Sunday scaries all day. You start out slow, you get to your desk, you rearrange your paperwork, you get your coffee, you check the news, you chat with three people down the hall, and then maybe an hour later, you might start getting to work. But um, I think part of this might, I don't know if this is a negative, but I think it's related to reduced hours is that because it's still a minority situation, you feel the need to prove that you can get your stuff done. Um, you know, you have to prove that the part-time works for the company as well as for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where being a really, um, good employee, um, you know, mm-hmm. the idea that it's not an option, I think is probably more an option than a lot of people realize. Um, we have someone at our company who recently, um, moved back across the country for a period of time to help, um, a family member with a, a health issue. And, you know, we've never had somebody like leave the area and stay working for our company. Um, but because she's been a fabulous asset, um, you know, she is still working for us and we're working with her. Um, so I think if you really show your company that you're worth it, um, I mean, clearly there are companies who just don't care. But if you're in a good place at a good company, um, I think there are a lot more opportunities than you might realize, especially Mm -hmm. if you're in a financial place. You know, when I went to fewer than full time hours, we were in a financial place that if it didn't work, then I could have said, "Okay, well, then I'm done because I can't do full time anymore. And um, being financially somewhere where you can say that really gives you a lot of power um, and I think people would be surprised how often a company will make exceptions for you if they realize that the other option is to not have you at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And then for me, so I started my job and it was posted as a part-time job. Um, but then the organization grew very quickly and they wanted me to work full-time within like six months of starting a job. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm, I'm not like, I can't can't, I don't want to, like, that's not what I signed up for, you know, and every once in a while, there would be some sort of pressure to like, you know, we want you to work more. Um, But then that, that just like caused me 
to just set firmer boundaries and be really clear about what I would and wouldn't do. Right. And so like, and that was fine. Right. Like that felt like, like they were very respectful of those. I worked really hard. I did a really good job at the things that I committed to and said, like, I can do this in the amount of time that I have, Um, you know, and it worked out very well. Um, And so and I think that's part of like where, you know, if you can say, just give me three months or six months, I can show you that the stuff you need to get done can be done in this Mm -hmm. time. And really like what company would rather pay you for less hours? Mm -hmm. I mean, like they, they, they spend less on you if you can Mm -hmm. get the same amount of time same stuff done in, in less time. Um, so clearly this only works for the type of job where, um, you are not like hands-on, like this has to be like mental type work. Mm -hmm. Um, cause like my husband, you know, he's cut his hours, but he works in the field like 95% of the time. So when he's working four days a week, instead of five, he really is getting four days of work done instead of five. There might be a little bit more, um, that he can give because his body has time to recuperate for, you know, three days instead of two, but it's, I don't think it's quite the same as if you work a like computer type Mm -hmm. job. Right. So one, one thing I've been thinking a lot about lately, especially with the like leap to entrepreneurship is setting boundaries. Um, right. And now I'm like trying to set boundaries around, my own work and for myself and with myself, which is in a weird and interesting feeling. Um, but I'm curious for you, Angela, like how have you set boundaries around your 32 hours a week so that it doesn't just like balloon into a full 40, 45 hours? Uh, so I think the biggest thing was when I went to a reduced schedule, I, we also put my son into, uh, preschool and, um, family members had very strict like times that they had to be done. And so it was really easy for me to say, like, I need to leave at this time because I have to go get my son. Um, so I think that's kind of the, like, it was my cheater out. Um, so I really, um, if I didn't have a, young child at home. I think that's where scheduling, like if you go to the gym at a certain time, or if you have a yoga class at a certain time or make it up, make it your coffee date, you know, long (laughs) walk time and just say, you know, I, I have a hard deadline. I need to get Mm -hmm. to my next appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, giving yourself scheduling something on your calendar to make sure that like you like, I'm sorry, like I, I have to go. Um, the childcare thing is easy because it's really hard to argue with like, Oh, like Mm -hmm. that five-year-old can't just be on his own. Like I need to go get him, but, um, you don't need to be totally upfront as to what you're doing or like where you're Mm -hmm. going, but just saying like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not available then. Um, with going to like Thursdays off, that's actually been almost more of a challenge especially because we're, you know, home all the time anyway. Um, so it's, it's taken me some 
effort. The first couple of months that I took off Thursdays, I found I had two or three meetings a day just because like some of them had been scheduled previously (coughs) and uh, they, you know, just landed on Thursdays Um, or, you know, somebody would, you know, try and schedule a meeting and I'd say, okay. And uh, it took a a few months of like getting in the rhythm to just like blocking out my Thursdays and being like, no, I'm not available. Like, it doesn't matter why I'm not available, but I'm not available. And, you know, people reschedule meetings or pick different times. It's, it's not as difficult as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and it, that's a somewhat similar thing for me. I found that I didn't need to tell people like, I didn't need to give a reason for things. I was just like, I can't do this at this time. Or people think a lot less about your like Mm -hmm. I'm busy time than you think about the reasons you need to give them for being busy. Exactly. Um, And for me, one thing that one kind of strategy that I used, um, which might not work in your sort of situation since your job is your main, like you feel like your job is your main gig. Um, For me, I started thinking of my writing and my coaching as my main gig, like even, you know, within the last like six to nine months while I was working here and thinking of this job as my side gig, you know, and, and trying to keep that in perspective was um, for me really helpful to be like, this is not for me, this is not my focus. This is not the thing that I like, this is not my career path that I'm planning to continue on. Like for right now, for me, this is a job that's good. Um, but I'm only going to put in as much as I'm willing to put in because really my future lies elsewhere and in a different direction. Um, and so that mindset for me was like, made, made me more able to make those like, you know, those decisions and to just say like, no, I can't do that. Hard stop. It's interesting that you say that because clearly like my main career job is the job that I plan on staying with for the long term. Um, but as you know, I told, I told you and Mel that, um, I had a, a work, like an important work meeting get scheduled for four o'clock today. So six minutes ago, clearly that didn't work. Um, and I just said, you know, I'm not available. And, you know, it got moved to after this, um, is done. And it was not the realizing that like that job is my secondary job and the blogging and such is my main. It's more that they're both equally important to me. So I, I don't know what it was. It was like literally that epiphany yesterday of like, no, this is, really important to me and what I'm doing is important and good. And it's just as valuable as the work stuff I'm doing. And I I didn't feel any guilt or anything. It was like, no, we have a whole bunch of people signed up and I've got this Mm -hmm. chat scheduled and um, it's going to have to work around it. It's, this is my day to do what I want. And um, it, I don't know, somehow that experience has really elevated like the way that I feel about the like blogging and online Mm -hmm. community stuff is realizing that it is just as valuable and it doesn't get to get pushed aside because a work thing comes up later. Mm -hmm. Um, 
COVID, I think, and just this whole year has um, helped me to, if, if I've got something scheduled, like other things can move around it. It's a rock, mm-hmm. like the new stuff, water around it. It's, it's not a little tiny pebble that just gets knocked to the side because something else more important shows up. Um, mm-hmm. This stuff is important too. And it, it gets just as much standing as mm-hmm. something else that might come behind it. So it's, it's, I think kind of similar to your mindset with your mm-hmm. second young, but it's, it's like, it's, this is not just a whatever hobby that I can push around to make it fit around the rest of my life. The rest of my life has mm-hmm. to fit around these certain important rocks and tread lightly, retire early and women's personal finance is one of those big rocks that doesn't move at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I like that you say that because it's like, that feels like it's a more nuanced way of thinking about it. Right. And now it's saying like, what do I, for me, I'm thinking of like, what do I want my big rocks to be? Because it shouldn't just be my work right now. Right. And especially because my work is now like sort of the thing that I've been doing for fun for the last couple of years. Um, And so like, I think I, I want to make sure that I think more broadly about whether what are a, those big yeah, rocks, like yeah. a daily yoga practice or like I'm mm-hmm. making sure I'm running three or four days a week. And mm-hmm. like, since my son has been born, running has not been a big rock um, mm-hmm. until this year. It's suddenly like, no, like this is important. Like, even if it's a 20 minute run and I just do it in the evenings, letting go of the guilt of, oh, well, this should be family time. I can't leave. Like I can leave for a half an hour. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I would say my like work and like the blogging online stuff and like running and doing the homeschooling with my son are probably my like four big rocks right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then everything else, like my garden's important and cooking's important, but I can kind of, those can shuffle around and, you know, um, Zoom dates with friends and going for a walk masked up with my in-laws. Those are important things, but they can shuffle. Um, I think this year more than any, I've figured out the things that can't shuffle and we, I need to just move the rest of my life around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, I'm, I'm thinking about that. And I think I'm going to take that because part of what I've been, I mean, so part of what I was most worried about in transitioning to being a full-time entrepreneur was losing structure, um, which like seems funny because I feel like we all say that like the thing that we want when we have more freedom is to have like more flexibility and have the ability to do things when we want to. And like when we're feeling like, you know, when, when we feel like we want to do things. Um, But I think for me, like, I know that having a structure is actually really valuable um, so that I don't just end up like frittering the day away. And then I'm like like blogging, having my like scheduled (laughs) blog post days is super important because if I didn't, Mm -hmm. like, I love writing. I love blogging. Mm -hmm. I love publishing blog posts, but if I just published them whenever I felt like writing, you know, maybe I'd get one a month out, maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, having that strict schedule of like what days I'm posting Mm -hmm. has been 
yeah really important there and it's a fun you know hobby joy thing yeah. but it doesn't matter you've got to have some skin in the game mm-hmm. I think yeah no and and one thing that's been <laughs> that I've been thinking about and actually one thing that I did before making the transition um, was I did a thing called future journaling um, and so that was something I heard about on a podcast from Jillian Johnson on the Everyday Courage podcast where she said like just pick a date in the future, like just any date. So I picked a date in like January after I was done with my job. And it was just like, write down what, what you're doing that day or like in your mind today, what do you want that day to look like? Um, You know? And so for me, it made me think about like, wow, all of these things that I've said that I want that are like part of my ideal day of like getting up and having that like, slow time in the morning to be able to like drink my cup of decaf coffee and journal a little bit and then take the dog for a walk and do a walking meditation while I'm doing that and then like settle into actually doing some like writing or other work at like 9 30 10 o'clock um you know and then like doing that till lunch and then like taking a break um, you know, has, has been really nice so far, at least for me to have done that activity to say like, what do I want these days to feel like? Well, and I think that's the thing is you are now an entrepreneur. You are not early retired. Um, though you probably do the same thing if you were early retired, but that make means that you're your boss. Like you don't no longer not have a boss that it's you, that you need to be, um, you know, in charge of what you're doing. And I think that's where, you know, like clearly our focus is on happiness and enjoyment, but I think part of that also comes from contentment and like a feeling like you've accomplished something. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, enjoying the day-to-day doesn't necessarily mean a thing by itself. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. some things are hard and sometimes some days my job sucks, but you know what, overall, I'm very happy. And I feel like what I'm doing is important. And, you know, um, that feeling of accomplishment means a lot. It's not just Mm -hmm. about, you know, enjoying the day to day. And I saw somebody say, what's wrong with Mm -hmm. frittering? And I think, I think Thursdays are my days to fritter. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, the other six days are not generally my day to fritter. um, Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of things I, I want to get done. Um, as much as I love reading and could spend a lot of time reading, if that's all I did, I think I would not feel very fulfilled. And mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely want a fulfilled life. And that's where I think working less than full time allows me for more fulfillment because like the different pieces of my life get to fill different parts of me. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas when it's always work, it feels like there's not enough time to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that made me think of something. So two years ago, two and a half years ago, when I actually like had my severe anxiety and panic attacks and was off work for six months, um, at first I was just like really exhausted, recovering from burnout, basically just like frittering. Right. But that was good. I needed that for a good amount of time to like, just get back to a good place and relax and recover. But then at a certain point, like I started feeling 
Like it made me feel bad, like worse to be doing that. Um, and I, I, and one of the, the healthcare providers at the time, and I didn't like her, but she was like, you need a routine. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't need a routine, you know, like in my head. Uh, and then I went and complained about it to my therapist and my therapist was like, I think you need a routine. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, oh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like with sleep. Like, yeah, exactly. you know, I need, you know, nine-ish hours of sleep a night. And if I get six or seven, like things are very bad for me. But if I also get 12 hours of sleep, like that's not good for me either. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. you know, maybe I feel like it's a little harder to wake up in the morning if I don't just sleep forever. But, mm-hmm. um, you know. Yeah hitting that like right amount of like frittering versus mm-hmm. like doing things. Um, right. I don't know. There are some people that mm-hmm. might enjoy frittering all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, that um, wouldn't bring me a lot of satisfaction. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because right after I actually listened and then actually put a routine in place. Like I, it was, this was actually a right around the time I started blogging. And so it was like the fine years was completely new. And I was like, okay, my routine is going to be right for or do, you know, writing work on the blog in the morning. So from like nine to noon and then like do whatever I want in the afternoon. And then many days I actually felt energized and decided I wanted to keep writing, right? Or keep working on something for, for the afternoon. And sometimes I decided I wanted to like go outside or take a hike or watch TV or take a nap, right? Like any of those things. But I definitely like that, there was a turning point for me after I had sort of recovered from the worst of the burnout that the routine actually helped me get back on track and helped like I think building mastery and doing hard things like helps us in the long term so how did you get ready to reduce your hours I know you'd gone for like a six month basically Mm -hmm. sabbatical but like you know I don't think we've ever talked about like how you financially felt ready to make that leap or did it kind of feel like Mm -hmm. you were just in a headspace that you just needed to do it would you have done something different financially in like 2020 hindsight? Mm, good question. So it it was really interesting, I think, at the time because part of me was at first like, oh, I have to go back to work. And then I started thinking about it and doing interviews and I just like was having panic attacks and I was like, oh, can't do this yet. Um, and, you know, it, it was interesting because when I had decided to take the six months off, like that was really the first time I looked at my finances and I was like, oh, this is what FU money means. Like this is what it means to have an emergency fund that can cover your expenses for a number of months and to like have a high savings rate and to be like, oh, like where I could totally just quit right now and like we would be okay. Um, and I think before that point, I didn't realize that that was possible. So that was like the first step of, of this. And then I think as I learned more about FI, you know, I think originally when I went back to work three days a week, it was because I felt like 
that's, I felt like that's what I needed to do for my mental health. And then my plan was to then go up to four days a week eventually, and then maybe back up to full-time eventually as like my mental health improved. Um, and, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought here. Oh, oh, so yeah, that, that was the original plan because we were just planning on pushing fast track toward Phi, right? Like it was like, this was a blip in the radar and like, I was going to eventually get back to working full time so that we could just push hard toward Phi and be Phi in 10 years or 12 years or something. Um, and then it was like a couple kind of exciting and kind of amazing thing ha- things happened. Like one of them was we realized that we spent so much less money. Like, I think you had this experience too. Oh yeah. When you suddenly have time to cook more and not buy on Amazon and, mm-hmm. you know, you have time to, to do the house stuff and you don't need to buy the the time-saving things, be it food mm-hmm. or cleaning or anything else. And mm-hmm. just the like, yeah. it's not even board shopping. It's like overwhelm shopping. Overwhelm um, shopping. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I think it, for me, I think of it as like convenience. Mm-hmm. But it's not just convenience. Cause it was, you know, even buying clothes or trinket or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that, like don't have time for yourself overwhelmed. Just, okay, well, I'm going to go spend half an hour at Ross just browsing because I need it just to like mm-hmm. have my headspace. And you know, when you have more time, I, I think you don't have that kind of like overwhelm, like fix right. it feeling. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, d- I do want to say though, you know, talking about being in a place with Phi and with our finances to be able to cut our hours. Cause you know, I, I hadn't really thought about it before mm-hmm. I went for it, but as soon as like it was in my brain, it was like, oh yeah, we can do this financially. Um, mm-hmm. but five years earlier, our finances were not in a place that even if I had wanted to work fewer hours, um, no matter my mental health, I couldn't have. And so um, there's definitely a like threshold minimum of like the, this, this is the level of income we need to be able to think about doing things differently. And to me, that's kind of what FI is in general about is having enough money at like a base level that that foundation allows you to then once, once you hit that threshold, you can consider other things that improve your life more than money. So um you know, if my full-time income was where it is right now at 80%, it might've been a little harder to go to 80%. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Then, you know, or if my income was 50% of what it is now, going to 80% would be impossible. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, getting, making more money, you know, working harder, earning those raises, you know, or, you know, finding a different job if you can, Um but there's definitely, you know, a level of privilege to be in a place where, where you can cut back um, because there, there were definitely times in our lives when we were younger that um, financially it was, you know, pick up every hour offered because you need mm-hmm. those money, uh, that money to uh, fund just like basic life. Um, so that's where I think once you hit that basic level of life, that's where you really need to think hard. Do you really need that more money or is time and sanity more important? So like, yes, at this point I am trading away more income than, uh, to get, to get that more time. Mm-hmm. One, one way I've heard of it talked about before is that like having 
getting to a certain level of financial freedom allows you to not have to optimize everything. Um, you know, whereas like I, I, uh, feel similarly, like early on, we definitely could not have done this like five years earlier would have been a real challenge just to scale back. Um, but at a, at, for, for us, it was like at a certain point, then we're able to say, great, what do we want to do with the, the extra? Do we want to like, not just the automatic, yeah. like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to have a bigger house and okay, we're going to upgrade our mm-hmm. car. And okay, I'm going to take that raise because that more money is going to make me feel better so I can do X. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at this point, more money is not my goal. Um, more time, more flexibility, mm-hmm. um, more impact with my day. Um, money is um, much lower down on on the list. Right, right. I think, yeah, it's like, it's like you, it's important, right? We still optimize for a number of different things financially. I think it's right. It's really important to keep for us to keep our spending pretty low so that we have the flexibility. But I think like, I think more about like this allows us to optimize for quality of life um, over finances. Um, so Angela, this is crazy that it's seven twenty-five or 425 where you are. And I know you have this other meeting that you're getting to in the next like 10 minutes. Um, 15. 15. Okay. Well, we do like, so I know we do need to like wrap up fairly soon. Um, So why don't we talk for just a minute about like what, let's talk about what we're working on right now. So what are you, like what's new with you with Tread Lately, Retire Early or Women's Personal Finance? Um, well, as far as tread lightly, retire early, I am treading water in 2020. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm still blogging relatively frequently, but, um, my Monday posts have slowed down. Just, um, I allowed myself the headspace to accept that I don't have to publish every single Monday. Uh, it's okay if I skip some and that's been mm-hmm. really good for my mental health. Um, but, um, kind of related to the blog, one of my more recent Monday posts was my like October financial update because I do it in November so that it's after, you know, when October spending is all done. And we hit um, over a 40% savings rate in October, which for both of us working 80% time felt like a lot. Um, Still haven't hit that magical 50% for a year, but 40%, especially in this year when so many people are struggling in such a big way. And, you know, our net worth is continues to go up because the stock market and the housing market continues to be bananas. It felt like I wasn't doing enough. Like we are so, so fortunate this year. And so from doing that post and realizing we were still saving that much money, it was like, okay, I need to like up my giving game. Um, so I run also the Eastside restaurant support group on Facebook um, to help our local restaurants basically try and survive through COVID and this economic downturn. And so just before Thanksgiving, I posted that I would be giving away $50 gift card to whatever restaurant somebody wanted, um, realizing not everybody can eat out so frequently, but they still want to support our local restaurants. And then um, after I posted that, you know, people posted that they wanted to enter, but people also started posting saying, I'll match the 50, pick another winner. And then, you know, somebody else commented, 
match that, like pick a third winner and a fourth and a fifth. And it turned out that um, 80 people entered and 80 people got a $50 gift card for a local restaurant. Wow, that's incredible. um, You know, kind of related to the blog because of Mm -hmm. like, that's where I'm paying attention to my money. But I, I feel like we're at a point where you know, we, we hit that base level. We're still saving a lot, but, um, my goal with COVID and 2020 is really, how can I, I make a bigger impact on, on more lives. Um, and so with women's personal finance, I'm also, you know, in early stages of figuring out how do I, how do I make that community more impactful? So there's, there's more of that coming soon. I, it's a little early yet to share. Um, Mm -hmm. but just, to say that there's more coming with women's personal finance soon. Um, I really want to, you know, take that community and grow it and find a way to impact more women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, you know, this coffee date, which has been <laughs> wonderful. It's uh, we were chatting for a minute before this started, but you know, we haven't like talked face to face in a while. I think we had a phone call like this summer. Um, but other than that, it's like Twitter conversations. And so it's been really nice to like see your face. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just want to say, I really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what about you? What are you working on? So there's a couple things. So one that I want to say sort of money related, um, because you talked about your like money and giving and focusing on that. One thing that I've really been focusing a lot on is trying to spend money at small businesses and particularly black owned businesses. So like I'll do a plug for everyone. Like if you're buying holiday gifts this year, like if you're doing that, try to buy them from from small businesses or black owned or minority owned businesses. And don't Um, be looking for a gift card discount or like if you buy $50, get another 10 or something like that. If you can afford it, don't look for the deals. Don't, don't look for the way that you can save money. Um, Save money on your groceries at the big box grocery store Mm -hmm. and save money by refinancing your mortgage. If you have one, Save money by seeing if, you know, it's a renter's market in your area and you can negotiate your rent um, payment. But but don't negotiate with the small businesses you're buying from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pay them full price. Mm, exactly. Yeah. So so I've I've personally been focusing on that. And then also for like business purchases. So like if I'm doing like welcome gifts for new clients and things like that. Um, I'm really focusing on getting those from Black-owned businesses too. So hoping to to contribute in in that way. Um, And then um, the the sort of other big thing that I have coming up that I can share with folks is that on the 19th of December, um, I'm going to be running a workshop about annual planning. So demystifying annual planning and why you really do not need resolutions. We're going to talk about how can you actually have sort of a comprehensive set of goals um, for your life, right? And and it right, and it's not something you need to do in January, but we're here. So if you don't have that, we might as well do that now. Yeah, Um, that's kind of like my clothes. My clothes (laughs) buying ban started in March because that's when I had the enthusiasm for it. Um, Exactly, like your goals can start whenever you make them. 
Um, but we're now in a, right. We're in a good period of reflection. Um, and so let's make the most and of you're this. home anyway. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I'll be sharing that by email. Um, everybody who's, who's here, um, is on the email list now. So I'm going to share that by email. And then I'm also actually probably this weekend going to send out a survey to hear what would be helpful for people to learn about. Um, and, and what's like, what's most challenging in setting and, and actually sticking with goals so that we can, so I can cover that in the workshop. Um, the second thing is I'm trying to see if we can get this as an audio to release to the public. So we're going to see, I'm going to take some steps and see, I, I've watched some YouTube videos on how to do Better that. You so. Than me. <laughs> Hopefully you all will be able to, I mean, you were here live, so you don't need to listen to the audio of this, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to share it as an audio um, when this is maybe like practice for a future podcast. So we'll see if that's um, something that, that potentially happens. Um, and so the, yeah, those are the, those are the updates from me. Um, and I think we're, we probably need to wrap here. Yeah. Hey, but- I also have, what are you reading? Oh, reading. Oh my goodness. Um, well, one, I just finished Adventures in Opting Out. It is really good. Like, I think it might be my favorite book. Maybe All right. ever. So if you haven't read it. I have not yet. It's I, so good. I've read The Year of Less, but oh, I haven't. Yeah, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this one. And she describes it as like the year of less was the book she was like supposed to write. And this was the book sh- that she was like born to write. Um, okay. So, so yeah, I, gotta I get think to you're going to love it. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Um, so I actually tend to read three books at a time because that's who I am. Uh, COVID kind of derailed that for a while and I was having a really hard time reading. So I started to get on this audiobook kick. So right now I am reading, listening to Braiding Sweetgrass, which is absolutely like Christine, who's working on Eco Frugals with me. She um, did a review of this book and I was like, okay, I need to read it. And listening to it in the author's voice is just fabulous. Um, and then I am reading a like, fluffy historical fiction set in Scotland in 13 something series. Um, that's very predictable and lovely for my Mm -hmm. brain right now. And then I'm also reading sapiens, um, which is great, but a lot more dense. Um, so reading that in smaller chunks. Cool. That's all. So I do usually, I tend to do two at a time. I tend to do a nonfiction and a fiction, so my fiction right now is book four of the Stormlight Archive that just came out like two weeks ago and they're all like a million pages long, but they're really good if you like like fantasy. Kind yeah, of. normally, yeah. you know, other than 2020, I really like long books because mm-hmm. I read fast. 2020, I'm reading a lot slower. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I um, do have to. Awesome. Yeah. So you need to go. I want to say one more thing. Thank you, Angela, for joining me for this conversation. Thank you, Mel, for compiling questions for us. I know we didn't get to all of the questions, um, but hopefully we can use them as fodder for future conversations. Um, And then I just want to close us by telling us all to remember that we should do something kind for ourselves this week. We deserve it. And thank you for joining us.
This yes, was, uh, thank you all for coming. And if you if you enjoyed this and want us to do it again, send us an email or like tell us on social media or if it was really awful and you're like maybe just not a good format. That. No, you can tell us, but <laughs> tell us, but tell us like what we could do better. Um yeah. not you're... like I hated this. Don't ever do that. <laughs> but give us we want to hear feedback if you think that there's things that we can do better. Um so Awesome. Well, thanks, Angela. Um, Thanks all. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.